Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 146. You can listen to this show wherever you get your NFC East blog podcast across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog and the boys YouTube channel. If you do any of those things, you will see here or smell, depending on your uh, preferred level of technology, the voices and um, aromas of myself. I'm Arjo Cho from Blog and the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation, BLG. Welcome to the playoffs. I want the playoffs to be over for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, oh, we can't can't speak about them yet. We have to go in divisional standing, which has been determined for the mm-hmm. next year. Uh, so no words about those frauds quite yet. Uh, BLG, how you doing? <laughs> I feel like I just I'll, I'll repeat what I said. I want. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say that isn't related to that. Other than uh, I did open the show last week by saying and my mom reminded me of this uh my new year's goal for 2024 and i never got to it at the end of the show so sorry to listeners for the false uh tease there that we didn't get back to kind of just forgot uh, it's not like something you and i talked about before the show my goal for 2024 is you know obviously everyone does the like oh i want to be healthy eat better go to the gym like that's to my so it's not i'm not saying like that it's more about like taking control of my health i want to get um I, I didn't go to the doctor last year i got to catch up on that my uh, yearly appointment i have to i want to get my um sleep apnea potential situation figured out do a sleep test um so this, i've been feeling really tired this season especially not helped by like the eagles having a billion <laughs> night games uh, but certainly in part because uh, i believe i might have sleep apnea so i want to get that addressed first and then they're going to focus on other health things after that but that's my resolution this year last year was kind of more about and and again it's not like i'm not gonna not it's not like i'm not focusing on mental health but the physical health is more at the forefront this year for me i i completely understand where you're coming from and certainly rooting you on uh in every capacity that that i can and i know everybody else is that's a good goal your goal resolution whatever you want to call it last year you mentioned was to have more conviction in things and to, and to kind of you know be more decisive right yeah, is how i kind of looked at it and by the way sorry to interrupt you but we do have a review here that's directly related to this from the bleeding green nation okay. uh apple podcast five stars title nfc east mixtape from sloppy joe meat this was on december 27th ron the don here uh uh, parentheses unless i'm still sloppy joe meat r.i.p end parentheses and i just wanted to say happy new year to blg and rj i'm writing this review because of this week's pod i struggle big time with anxiety and indecisiveness but after hearing blg talk about his new year's resolution i'm inspired to try and follow suit so hopefully i can be more confident and decisive glad i got y'all to get me through my Wednesdays a little bit easier. 
How about them Cowboys? Uh, well, thank you, Ron the Don slash Sloppy Joe Mead. Uh, good luck to you. Certainly rooting you on as well. Uh, that was a really great goal you had, BLG. I hope you – it sounded like you accomplished it to a satisfactory degree in 2023. Certainly something you can continue in 2024 along right. with Ron the Don in addition to your resolution. Uh, mine, funny enough, you and I are, are sort of kindred spirits in that we're kind of the same person, although mm. like um, we're, we're different variants of the same person in a lot of ways. Um, and so mm. my resolution, my wife can attest to this. I told her one day when we were walking the dogs and, you know, pushing our son in the stroller uh, was to, I want to say, take advantage of my health, but be appreciative of my health. Uh, you know, we're young. We're in the prime of life. Um, you know, I want to be healthy for my son to be able to play catch and things like that, like as, as we age and whatever. I am terrible about going to the doctor. So I'm glad you brought that up. Like, I want to yep. be able to just, you know, go to the doctor, go to the dentist, go to the eye doctor, like, you know, not put things off. And so um, I want to take advantage of, again, I'm not, you know, like a world renowned athlete or anything like that. But uh, thank God I've got the ability to kind of, you know, have fun and, and whatnot. And I want to, I want to capitalize that. I don't want to be, uh, lazy, not that not doing so is lazy, but um, but I want a little bit more, you know, from the fountain of life in that respect. Yeah, I don't think it's about being lazy. I think it's just you know what you and I do. It kind of you can. There's so much day to day that you have to do that you kind of lose the bigger picture. I can't speak for you, but I think myself sometimes it's easy to kind of lose focus of the bigger picture with how much uh, you know news oriented stuff we have to do day to day. But uh, there we go. I'm trying here's to better physical health in 2024. Uh, true that. All right. Um, after the moment of peace, love and harmony, we have to move on. And actually, BLG and I have to move very quickly because we have uh, a meeting. You know, we talk about these um, whenever they do pop up. Uh, so we have 33 minutes on the clock. Brandon, are you ready to rock? Let's just get into it. All right. Uh, well, the regular season has come and gone, and we have established our divisional speaking order for the rest, at the very least, of the offseason uh, up until the beginning of the 2024 regular season. Um, in what doesn't shock anyone, at least relative to last week, BLG, the Dallas Cowboys, our NFC East champions. Woo! I think we I would hang a banner. That. Uh, but only only loser teams um, ever hang division winning banners like nobody would do that seriously at any point ever in history. So, you know, whatever. But um, they did it. It was a little touch and go early on uh, against Washington. But um, the moment it turned, it really turned. And Dallas won 38 to 10. You mentioned you predicted it. Uh, the streak lives. No team has repeated yeah. as NFC East champion since 2004. We will officially hit 20 years. Um, obviously, in the fall, the next team that has a chance to do it mm -hmm. is the Cowboys. And I'm sure they won't do it because it's never going to happen ever again in our <laughs> lifetimes. It's the safe bet. Uh, yeah, I never thought the Cowboys were going to lose that game. I know like, they were down a little bit there, but I mean, there was a blocked field goal from a kicker who hasn't missed a field goal all year. There was that tipped interception. It wasn't like, oh, the commanders are just thoroughly outplaying the Cowboys. No. And I mean, with so much on the line, the Cowboys weren't going to lose that game against a team that has also had a lot on the line by losing that game, by getting the number two overall pick. So uh, that was never in doubt to me, and I placed a, a rather significant financial wager on the Cowboys winning because I was very confident they were going to win that game, and I made some money on that. So um, Cowboys deserved to win the NFC East because the Eagles certainly did not after choking it away. So, uh, and it's a big deal, obviously. And I, it's funny because I've been thinking about how you were talking about like why are the odds makers so confident in the Cowboys if uh, they're going to have all these road games. Oh. Turns when when out, Philly was still leading the division, right? Maybe yeah. it's because they didn't think they were going to have to play all those road games. And if they did, that would be a different story. Um, so 
look, uh, <clears throat> I know it's not about the Eagles right now, but I said going into the year as a scope or a larger scope here that this idea that the Eagles were just going to simply get back to the Super Bowl always seemed very silly to me, just given how there hasn't even been a repeat division winner in 20 years. And certainly that keeps going. As far as the game itself is concerned, um, it was a very busy Sunday, obviously, just because, you know, like playoff opponents and things like that were set and uh, 2024 opponents were set for every team in the NFL. But obviously, uh, most of them are common throughout the, you know, this division, at least. Um, so my stock report didn't go out at Blogging the Boys until Monday. I had nothing but stock ups. Um, it was really difficult to kind of find anybody that played poorly. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this game because it does both of these games that we're going to talk about, I guess, feel rather insignificant relative to where we're at in the playoffs now. Um, but it was nice. And I can't remember where I said this. It's it's a bit of a haze right now. Uh, but this is, uh, I don't want to say like the best, but this is a different kind of, um, if you want to call it momentum, that the Cowboys are carrying into the playoffs, at least in the Mike McCarthy era. Two years ago, um, I maintain that you over-exaggerated this point, but uh, the Cowboys won in week 18 at Philadelphia, and they set a bunch of franchise records, like most you know individual players to score a touchdown and things like that, in a game that was literally meaningless for both Dallas and Philly. Dallas was locked into the three seed, and Philly was locked into the seven seed. Um, and that game, I believe, was on a Saturday night, if I recall um, correctly. Um, uh, so I don't know, but it was also the first week 18 ever. So Right, you know. and so... I mean, I was not a fan of them playing all their starters as much as they did in that game. I would have loved to have seen them do what Kansas City did this year as an example, as, as the clinch three seed as well. But um, And then last year, you know, kind of an inverse of what we just saw, Dallas went into week 18 needing a Philly loss and a win themselves to win. But in, while they were kind of scoreboard watching, everybody knew because the Giants were, you know, playing for the wild card round that there was no way on earth that Philly was going to lose that game. And so... They lost, Dallas did, but it was I, – I never, like, overreacted to that, obviously. Um, and anybody can kind of check our episodes to see that. So to to enter needing a win and to get it with authority, to play so well, to win on the road, granted, you know, against a lowly commander's team, to run the ball really well, um, set up nicely, and to catch the break. I don't know, you know, if you had seen this, but as Cowboys fans, mostly we wanted the Packers in the wild card round as opposed to the Rams. Uh, now, that could totally blow up in our face because it's the playoffs. <laughs> obviously but it will, but it's just very I, funny to hear yeah. <laughs> well look everybody had like it's like the rooting for dallas over detroit thing you know that you talked about like if if the cowboys lose it was still not the wrong thing to want um so right. shout out to carson wentz uh <laughs> for helping make that happen by leading the ramps to victory but um finally i guess my last point on this is the cowboys now have a chance if they win on sunday to host a division around playoff game do you know how many times they've hosted a division around playoff game no. since the last super bowl win this would, because it isn't a guarantee, this would only be the third. Um, mm. the, the first was the 07 playoff loss to Eli Manning's Giants. And the second uh, was actually a game that Mike McCarthy won. It was uh, against the Packers in the 2016 division around the rookie Dak and Zeke here. Mm -hmm. um, and so th this, like, AT&T Stadium's first season was in 2009. And this would only, again, if the Cowboys get there, be the second division around playoff game it would have ever hosted. That's wild. It's a big deal for a team that's what how many at straight at home 16 16 yeah so yeah it's a huge factor going into the playoffs potentially avoiding the 49ers until the nfc championship game the game the cowboys if you didn't know haven't made in a very long time so it's it's a huge advantage getting the number two seed huge deal um but yeah this to me it was a foregone conclusion after week 17 like week 18 wasn't really there was no realistic chance of anything changing, at least in my mind. So 
Uh, yeah. Uh, a little bit of just NFL breaking news happening while we're recording this. I don't know if you've seen this. The Tennessee Titans have fired Mike Vrabel. Wow. And um, yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, like, again, I know this is the NFC's mixtape, but that feels relevant enough um, to bring up um, hmm. the commanders <laughs> are, are the team who will face. Uh, so every um, NFC East team will fi- will host the AFC South team that they finished in the same place as. Um, in 2024 so the cowboys will host the texans because they both won the division the eagles mm. will host the um jaguars uh so ooh, doug peterson's return uh but the giants will host the colts and the commanders therefore will host the titans because they both finished last um i know there was a lot of like chatter about this i'm not trying to brag but i did kind of call like months ago with you and steven that maybe mike Vrabel would be a candidate to go to um to new england but i thought that would happen by way of a trade uh which isn't even necessary at this point in time yeah uh, really interested to see what that means in terms of Bill Belichick and everything. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the surprise. I like, I've always liked Ray Bro. I thought he's, I think he's a really good coach. Uh, obviously the Titans, you know, they've folded here and it might just be time to move on from like their, like it's, you know, they've had this era of, sorry, not the SB Nation NFL show, but you know, the Derrick Henry era, like they had this era of football, right. Titan Hill. maybe it's just time to turn the page. It's not even about Ray Rowe being awful as much as they just kind of want a new era. But uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, maybe he can well, be the Eagles head coach next year. I was little, I was going to make that same segue. Uh, the We're the commanders. Eagles, that's true. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles lost um, to the New York Giants, obviously on Sunday. Um, I would, if I'm wrong, so obviously it was difficult to pay extreme attention to both these games. Um, but it got to 24 nothing while while At Philly was, was still in it. Like that that was the like version of the game where Philly, you know, that Nick Sirianni waved the white flag in front of, I guess. I think it, the Cowboys were down 14 to 10 when the game was still kind of, uh, I guess that was like the Eagles were sit down 17-0 at that point. But in any case, the point is that, I mean, and and I think people have to weigh this. Like, what if the Cowboys did lose that game? <laughs> like, what if they did lose that game and the Eagles couldn't beat a Giants team to to get the number two seed? Because well, they didn't, because you know, they, they they were down. Like, I mean, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like this, and I, I know it's hard to call it the starters version of the team because DeAndre Swift and Darius Slay and you know, yeah, they et cetera, they definitely didn't try to win that game at all costs. Yes, because they they sat some players who could have played, but still, you should have been able to produce more than zero points, and, and the game should have been a game, and it shouldn't have been you're getting blown out um this felt like again i i don't know that this was like the most satisfying eagles loss of the you know little collapse here you know what is it five of six now that they've lost um i know that everything's been said and documented like to go from 10 and 1 etc to 11 and 6 has never been never been done some of that is also because there's you know only been 17 games you know for three years at this point in time but um right the to to use your favorite kind of evaluation uh, metric, the vibes are like, I don't even like they are every like it, the vibe you something I love that you kind of use is like, how do opponents feel about this? Like, how, how do the Cowboys or Giants or Commanders feel about this? So, like, I think what I'm about to say properly reflects the state of the Eagles. It's not even funny anymore. What's happening to the Eagles? Like, it's funny in a way that like the Eagles floundering is always funny to me. Mm-hmm. But like it's not funny because it's it's just pathetic at this point in time like it's it's almost relegated to like the giants commanders zone of like patheticness that we've seen for the last decade at this point 
I I think you would back me up on this. There's few fewer things I dislike than a false positive. Don't spit in my face and tell me it's Moral raining. Wind. I don't want to hear that. Uh, so I thinking about I think some people, you know, and I don't begrudge anyone. I, I try not to um gatekeep fandom, but I think some people are like, I want the Eagles to win every single game because they think that's the best thing. I don't really agree with that. I think you have to take sometimes a longer view. You think of the bigger picture here and be more pragmatic about it. And going into that Giants game, um, <clears throat> when it was especially when it became clear they didn't have a chance, like I wanted them to lose that game. To me, and I had no faith in them winning that game, even though uh, the Giants are very bad. But I mean, I think I even said it on this show last week. I was like, give me the Giants. I'll take them straight up. And I was like the only person on the BGN staff to do that, by the way. So this wasn't even like a common thing. Um, I feel like you were also everyone... the, the only person of the SB Nation NFL experts group to pick the Giants to win. I don't right. know if you knew that. Yeah. So because like you don't, the season's over when you lose to the Cardinals at home like that. That was incredibly unserious. You don't like bounce back from that. You don't like end up with the two seed after losing that game. Like you just, that doesn't happen. Like you don't deserve that at all. So. Uh, yeah, Eagles are in a super bad way right now. Vibes are awful. I think a lot of it, there's a lot of issues, certainly. When you have a collapse this historic, it can't just be about one person. But the forefront of it is Nick Sirianni because this is, they're a poorly coached team. I've been saying this. I was saying this during the Eagles win over the Giants. I'm like, this is a very poorly coached team right now in terms of, again, there's like the three main things. To me, it's aggressiveness. It's schematic. And it's also the energy, the vibes. I don't think Sirianni is giving this team an edge at all. You said it last week in terms of you want to see Nick Sirianni back on the Eagles. I'm guessing he still will be. And to me, that's just a a tough sell because you're going to bring in new coordinators just because your coach, in part because your coach was bad and he did a bad job at the top level. And so what's the thinking there? Like the the coordinators are going to make up for your coach being bad or the fact that you're going to take more power away from your coach at that point, then why is he still the coach? Why is he still there? If you have, if you have to get better by taking more power away from him, like what's the point of that? So uh, I'm pretty disillusioned with him. I'm not as down on the Eagles outlook as a whole, because I think, uh, and shocking coming from me, I think they're in a good spot still with Howie Roseman. Like I think they're going to have talented players, but man, I think I said, I said this on BGN radio at its core, very simplified version of coaching is do you get more out of less? And that's not the case here. I think the Eagles have been getting less out of more. Yeah. I mean, the regular season's over now. So like we can, we can look at the like whole composite, you know, picture of data and like anything you look at, like lens in Philadelphia's favor, like, you know, their offensive line is playing really well, right? Like all sorts of like different things, but like, it's like, how, then how are you like breaking this badly? Um, And I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's quit. I don't know if it's vibes. I don't know, like whatever, you know, terminology you want to use, but like, yeah, they are, they're, they're taking three lefts when, when like right is standing there and staring them right in the face. And look, I don't know that it was like completely validated to say, you know, after the Super Bowl, obviously last year, but like, it did seem obvious to some degree that Nick Sirianni was just the front man of everything and that his coordinators did all the heavy lifting and that Howie Roseman built him, you know, an incredible machine to kind of operate. And the fact that he did so very loudly has has really, I think, set him up poorly. I know I keep, you know, banging that drum, but it's because like this, everyone's coming for him because he acted, you know, tall and mighty. 
And now it's like, I mean, they'd still be coming for him, even if he was well, they, acting. They would quietly. be, but he he certainly exacerbated the issue. I know you don't want to admit this, but like, it's very clear that Mike McCarthy has made a discernible difference for the Cowboys, right? Like in taking over play calling. He's, I mean, he's gotten the best season out of Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb that they've ever had in their careers. Like you can, to your point, you can point to Mike McCarthy and say, okay, he's making a positive net difference on the team what is Sirianni's like it seems like right. if anything he's just handicapping them um, well, it used and, to be vibes it used to be like good energy but so his energy you know, was just like you know screaming about the really good team like that was it well no not just that I think you saw it in terms of like the Eagles had a really good vibe and chemistry and everything but the problem with that is I think it's it's not honestly it's easy but a lot of coaches I think can you know be the front runner coach in terms of when things are going well that's not the challenge the challenge is when adversity hits because adversity in the NFL is inevitable at some point in some stretch of time you're gonna have adversity and it's how you respond to it it's not that i keep saying this about what happened with the eagles and the the 49ers and the cowboys game the problem isn't that they had those losses the problem is then how they responded to those yeah losses. They, they panicked that's like when i like brandon and like the eagles kind of went in like a fork in the road in terms of i was preaching like patience you don't have to panic here you can continue to believe in your process. Obviously, you need to make adjustments. You watch the film, whatever. But like, you don't have to press the panic button, make a radical, desperate move at that point in the season when you're still, what, 10 and 3 or whatever. And like inexplicably, they turned the keys to – or they gave the keys to Matt Patricia to save their season. Like that is Wait. like – that, we don't have to relitigate this because we, we're on, short on time today. But you're right. Like, bingo board was that on? And but like they've gotten. That's why. Like I was happy the Eagles lost to the Giants and got embarrassed by them because like you deserve that. You deserve that when you made this very incredibly unserious panic move that everyone called out at the time it was a joke of a move. And anything you got after that, the defense getting even worse under him than it was with Sean Desai. Like you deserve that. You made your bed. Now you have to lie in it. Um. It's a tough scene for the Eagles. And we haven't mentioned Jalen Hurts. We don't have a lot of time, but like, dude, what an awful game. Like, oh my gosh, what a horrible. And again, the context of, you know, DeAndre Swift not being there, but like, man, like the the talk, like when, when the dust is finally settled on the chaos of the season, like the talk is going to be all about how like they paid the aberration year. Like they, they paid, mm. like, like it's hard to not on the surface draw the comparisons the biggest thing well it's hard to not draw the comparisons in an overall sense with just like everything involved to the carson Wentz situation and everything floundering and cratering and again there being legitimate reason to pay the quarterback at the time the number's bigger because you know time passed but like it the, the whole situation and i'm not the first or like five millionth person to say this but like the whole situation feels identical i think it's identical i mean those are well, very different people and there's different dynamics at play here, but there is some, there are some similarities. I will agree, but I mean, I'm just, that's not the place where I think the energy needs should be to start. I, I mean, I'm all for criticizing the quarterback considering he makes a quarter of a billion dollars, but at the same time, and, and look, look, I think some of the struggles in the giants game certainly are on him and the Eagles inability to deal with the blitz has been a constant. It's not just a Brian Johnson thing. It was an issue even last year when the offense was much, much better. And I think part of that is on a quarterback who holds the ball longer or almost longer than any every every quarterback in the league. I feel like it has to be somewhat on the quarterback when you're talking about, well, there's no hot routes in the offense. Well, where's the quarterback ever audibling to you know I get the ball out like, quick? I think it has to be majorly on him because I think he's not to the same degree, but I think he's like in a Nick Sirianni sort of box. Like if he can't be great because A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and the coordinators and everybody aren't doing the work for him, like what does he offer? Like if, if that's, he's that's just part of the problem, but at the same he, time if he's just a benefit of like everything around him, then like what difference is he making on his own? 
at the same time, when you're seeing, you know, you're dealing with the blitz over and over, and it's clear on all 22, especially that like, there aren't easy answers. You're not the coaching staff isn't giving answers to him at some level. Then that's also on them. So I, I definitely think it's not just the coaching staff and the quarterback is a victim by any means. But I definitely cannot say they are doing their best to help maximize him and help him out. Like, um, you, like you've said, McCarthy is with the Cowboys and Dak. Yeah, I mean, but we had seen Dak succeed when that wasn't happening. I mean, albeit not to this degree, but I mean, again, I think to a, a, a in a different universe, the same conversations about Sirianni are fair to be had about Jalen. Except Jalen didn't dig his grave the same way Sirianni did. Uh, it's you know really the main difference, and is a much more likable person. Um, like he's a one hundred percent likable person, whereas Sirianni might be the exact polar opposite of that. Um, we have a lot to get to, and Brandon and I, like I said, we are running short on time uh, this particular week. But um, do we have to talk about anything about the Giants? I mean, they are making some coaching changes, I guess. Uh, Wink Martindale Wink appears Martindale's to be out. Gone, which is um, kind of like not a popular move, it seems to be, at least not entirely with Giants fans, especially after that season finale. It's I thought that was a really good hire for them when they hired him, and it seems kind of like uh, there was obviously talk about this during the season, that Jake Glazer report or whatever it was that like, there was kind of uh, discord Tension, between yeah. him yeah, and Brian Dable. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic there. And it was framed as uh, Martindale resigning, which, you know, I'm sure it wasn't, I'm sure they didn't want to keep him and he just wanted to quit. I'm sure it's a mutual kind of thing there, but still that's kind of, that's a little different than we just like fired him outright. So uh, yeah, I mean, Giants will have a new defensive coordinator in 20. 24 and that's it seems like they're keeping kafka as their offensive coordinator obviously dable staying around giants by the way as we said like <laughs> uh i guess the season ended in a nice way for them but this idea that you had kind of a relatively miserable season and you didn't even get a top five pick out of it is true because they're picking six the chargers um, uh did not oh, were not able to beat the chiefs backups which is annoying to giant fans because the giants would add that fifth overall pick but instead are just outside the top five that's what sunday was nirvana for me like the cowboys kicked ass and the eagles were embarrassed and the giants damaged their draft pick so it was just it checked every single box by the way on the subject of the coordinators did you see the nflpa survey that came out last week um where like 1700 players um offered their thoughts on coordinators do you know who was a top five offensive coordinator in that survey no brian schottenheimer so maybe put some respect on his name. That's all I'm saying. You, okay. you know, again, these voted by 1,700 people. You know, these are the facts. Um, I guess finally, before playoff discussion, um, this might be the actual the biggest seed. news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, but I was told he does nothing. He's going to, you know, hinder and handicap the offense, and it's going to be okay. a disaster. But yeah, got a lot of positive. Let's see the bigger sample. Anyway, the Washington Commanders fired Ron Rivera. Um, that was not a surprise. That felt inevitable. Uh, nobody was fired, actually, on Sunday. Even Arthur Smith uh, was fired past midnight on Sunday night, uh, at least Eastern. Uh, but Ron Rivera fired on Monday, the day after his birthday. Again, not a surprise. Um, I don't think it's a an exaggeration to call the football part of his, you know, reign in Washington a complete and total failure. I mean, again, I recognize that they won mm. a division title, but they were a below 500 team. It benefited from Dak Prescott having a season-ending injury and Doug Peterson's, you know, egos collapsing uh, and the Giants continuing to be the Giants. I mean, like, they they were awful. They were terrible. Everything that they did in in a football sense was, like, what, what good thing happened in, in, like, Washington's football run under his, like, tenure? Terry McLaurin, that it? Yeah. I mean, like, 
the the biggest resource they had, they fumbled in Chase Young, right? Like it, it it's not Justin Herbert or Tua Tagovailoa or anything. I mean, it's it was a complete and total abject failure. He's a wonderful human being, and I do think probably was the right person to help them, you know, transition through the name change and the culture change and the ownership change. Um, this this did feel like the final kind of piece towards moving towards a, a future. Washington obviously and they have a long list of people who they're obviously interviewing for all their open positions at this point in time uh, a list that includes Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn as well as Dallas Cowboys vice president of player personnel Will McClay also Eagles assistant GM Alec Calaby so uh, and then I don't know if you just mentioned the Bob Myers thing is kind of interesting too in right, terms of right. how they're going at this from a different kind of perspective it's exciting it's exciting if you're a commander fan because it's like there's all this possibility now in front there's of you nothing but feels, possibility like the, you no longer start. have the, yeah nothing's holding you back to the past there's no Snyder or Rivera like it's all finally officially over and I think it's a really attractive job from the standpoint of not only do you have the number two overall pick but you also have the like allure of you can be the person to fix the commanders and you're also going to get a relatively good grace period because this fan base is going to be rooting for you so hard and going to give you patience i believe with how just you know hopeless they've been for so long so i think the commanders are in a good spot i did think if we go back to our schedule predictions i feel like i did have them at four wins i think you and i maybe both had them at four wins i'm pretty like that sounds pretty right to me so congrats to us uh for nailing that and um yeah i think they're certainly in a good spot in terms of the uh, ability to ascend. Who do you want to see them not hire? Who would concern you the most? Uh, um, I guess GM, it's a little bit hard. I mean, obviously, you're probably going to say Will McClay for yeah, their GM. But that would just be, be that would just be because he would leave the Cowboys, and he won't. I'm yeah. very confident he won't leave. As far as head coach is concerned, um, yeah, let's focus I would, on that like I, I, the GM thing's a little bit more like nebulous. I would not be at all concerned if it was Bill Belichick. I'd like that wouldn't bother me. Like Mike Vrabel would bother me more than Bill Belichick today. Um, I, and the, but the, the, the reporting seems to be they're not going to hire a retread. That's the buzz. I mean, well, you you asked me. I mean, like, so the one that mm -hmm. I think concerns me the most, although it would be kind of funny and it would potentially fail, which would obviously be really funny, is Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, Michigan won the national championship. Um, like. Jim Harbaugh comes with a, I don't know if baggage is the right word, but with a lot of attention. And I, I do think that's what's probably advantageous about him right now. If you're Washington, like he he's a star, like you, you need a, a, a face for like the rebuild. And Jim Harbaugh certainly provides that. And you get like whatever Drake may, if that's going to be your quarterback at number two overall, like you have a brand new future. Um, and if you're Jim Harbaugh, to your point, like you have a grace period, you have a chance to resuscitate, not just an NFL team, but like a blue blood of the NFL, like the Washington franchise. Once upon a time, we have said as many times, like a, a once a Tiffany brand franchise in the NFL. Um, and plus everybody obviously has made the connection to being in Maryland with his brother, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Jim Harbaugh and cause like he only has success. Like you, you can say what you want about him, but like he has had immense success everywhere he's ever gone. So like, that's the one that probably terrifies me the most. And I'm nervous cause it does seem kind of probable at this point in time. I don't know. Uh, again, that, that report I saw about like not necessarily going for a retread. Uh, and I just, I don't know if they really want to make him the face of that as much as they want to lean into maybe more of the quarterback they take. But uh, I agree with you in terms of, I think hardball is really good. And I don't know so much if I believe in his long-term viability as much as like, I don't worry about that as like him being like this foundational coach who's going to be there forever as much as I think he does have the ability to turn that a team around very quickly and have short-term success so that would be kind of my concern if they did hire him but 
yeah, I guess there isn't a guy right now that like super sticks out as who I want them to not like, you know, Ben Johnson. I guess I kind of would prefer them to not get him. Top, um, top three on the fear scale. I think we agree. Rank them how you want. Jim Harbaugh, now Mike Vrabel, and Ben Johnson. Any one of those, I think we're, we're a little panicked. You know what I mean? We're a little nervous. Yeah, and then I'm not like shaking my boots, but I'm a little like, I think what might be the best move for them, I'm intrigued by a Mike McDonald from uh, the Ravens. I think that could be a move. I, I think he's had some interesting ideas on defense, and, and I just, I don't know enough about him, you know, to totally say he's going to be the next great thing. But I'm there's a level of intrigue there that I do think is worth um, getting excited about if you're a commander's fan. Let's um, offer some brief initial thoughts on the two playoff games obviously now that the giants and commanders part of the discussion is over um (laughs) so we'll go we'll go we'll go in chronological order um i hadn't noticed this until midway through the day on monday did you realize that it's all afc games and then all nfc games did you realize that um that's kind of funny um so the cowboys are actually not funny to me i wish the eagles were playing on that first time slot instead of monday night uh the cowboys actually um have the first nfc game it's sunday at 3 30 central um at at&t stadium that's the window for the glare at at&t stadium if you're unfamiliar wow. like watch out it's that's the the you know kind of peak moment for the glare to, to really hit and shine um they are as of tuesday about lunchtime uh seven and a half point favorites against the mm. packers that opened at seven um so it's moved slightly um your thoughts I think Jordan Love can have a good game, but I just go back to the record of quarterbacks who are making their first playoff start. It's just not good at all compared to, especially compared to quarterbacks who have been there before and teams who have been there before. Packers are also what, like the youngest team or one of the youngest teams in the NFL. So I think it's not just about the quarterback, but the whole roster. Uh, I think they'll, I think it'll be a game early on. I think they'll, they'll, you know, come forth with a good effort, but I think the Cowboys will end up pulling away so i'm pretty confident dallas win i'm not as confident in the spread but i'll take i'll lean with the cowboys here uh i genuinely believe i mean they've been enough they've also been winning so much at home i know you said you're terrified or whatever but i think that's more of just about guarding against yourself or guarding against the the letdown that you're just used to but i honestly don't think and i'm not doing this as a bit i just don't think the cowboys are gonna lose this game i mean i pretty much agree with everything you're saying um i think the age thing like it's a or experiencing as a sports cliche, but it's cliches are cliches because there's truth to them. It's to some not. Degree. There's there's uh, good rec- there's ample well, I mean, track record for this in the it, NFL. It's a, it's a cliche to say like as a data point, but there's also data to support it. Um, mm-hmm. And something I've said, and a lot of Cowboys fans have said, is what what has made them part of what's made them unsuccessful because part of it's been their own fault. But part of what's made them unsuccessful in playoff runs prior to Mike McCarthy has been how not consistent. Aaron Rodgers. Well, that too. Uh, but. <laughs> Um, they just didn't have experience together. I think you would agree that part of what has been so, you know, an important factor in, you know, Philly's runs has been the nucleus of players that have been there and kind of experienced those things together. And so you mentioned it's not just, you know, the Dak Prescott experience, but it's the even Micah Parsons now. This is his third playoffs. You know, the Demarcus Lawrence, the Zach Martins, the Tyron Smiths, right? Like all CD Lamb's obviously been a part of all that too. Like all of them know what this moment is like and, and aren't as phased by the initial thing. Um, you mentioned obviously first quarterback starts. Dak Prescott lost his two Mike McCarthy's. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's important. Um, I'm with you. I'm I'm going to take the Cowboys to win. Um, I am going to guard against myself and say I don't know that they cover. I mean, I, seven and a half is a lot to give in a playoff game. It's a big number. Uh, so um, I'll take them to win maybe by six, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I could I could just as easily see them like boat racing them potentially like that that exists in the world of possibilities. Not that I'm super sure. confident in that. Um, so yeah, this is this is a big one. And go go do it. Like this is this is your chance to host a division around playoff game. And if fate works out for you, maybe host a team that you really like your odds against and you can get to the title game and see what happens. But um, okay, yeah, so it, I think it would we should be a really bad loss if they lost this game. <clears throat> I mean, contingent upon exactly how it potentially happened, but I think you know mo- most in this spot where you're dominant at home and you're going up against this young team, that would be a really bad loss. And you're seven and a half point favorites. That's a really bad loss. Um, again, contingent upon what happened, but you're right. In most instances, I would agree hypothetically. I think it's important to pick the Rams um, Lions game just so we have an idea of what we're forecasting right. the division around. I would say like. the Lions win. I just don't think it's this, their story to get this far and not win a playoff game. I think they're due for a playoff win finally for the first time since January 1992. Three and a half point favorites at I'll home. I'll take the Rams the to cover, are. but the Lions win. I mean, that's barely. That's just just home field advantage. And it was three actually before it moved slight, uh, slightly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Rams. Um, like I, I've been saying, I'm super afraid of the Rams, and the Lions have been a little bit vulnerable as of late. I know they put things away, you know, near the end against Minnesota. Um, and I think it would be their story to like, you know, get there, host mm-hmm. a playoff game, and then you know, lose to Matthew Stafford. Like that would be, you know, demoralizing, obviously. But like it does. It, it is yeah, a Jared Goff revenge game, like you said on the SB Nation NFL show. I, I I was so happy that JP agreed with me. Like, what, re, like you know, what revenge is this for the Rams against Jared Goff? That was like the point. It was like they, I feel like they, they're good. Like they feel like they won. Well, yeah, them like, against <laughs> him, sure, but him against them, that's a big thing. Like they dumped him. I mean, I know, but like, I mean, okay. I mean, then then let's see Jared Goff. I I would I would they be entertained him in by a way that. where they gave up an extra first round pick to, like, to get. They, not only did they just like say, "Hey, you're not good enough," they're like, "You're you're a liability." That's what they said. Um, with their, they their were actions. right. They, they were literally right. I mean, like I, <sighs> he, he was better than they gave him credit for, though. That's fine, but like what they did, uh, they weren't completely. Right. They, were, they were right in terms of like it worked out for them to to upgrade for sure. But they weren't like that trade is a bad trade for them in terms of, like they they shouldn't have had to give up an extra first round pick just to move off of him. That was wrong. But, well, if they had value was wrong, if they hadn't, it was a wrong value. It was. Goff, it worked, Goff, but it was a wrong. Credit, it was, it was a wrong credit, valuation. He has, worked, he has completely and totally improved and done nothing but the absolute right things since getting dumped, and has a chance. You're right for like ultimate revenge, given that it's the playoffs. Although, even though the Rams will the Super Bowl, but so I think we dif- teammates could buy into that. I think they, you know, we differ like here. On this game, we have to hurry because we have to get songs too. Um, I imagine you're picking the Bucks. Um, I'm gonna pick the Eagles, but I think you're picking the Bucks. <sighs> the Bucks are really bad, is what I'm, I worry about. Like I watched that nine-zero <laughs> win over the Panthers. The Panthers are terrible, and the Bucks is like, I think Baker's. I mean, I don't think he is hurt, so I don't know. I, it's not about having any faith in the Eagles. It's not about that at all. It's just that I wonder if the Bucks are. They scored nine points against the Panthers. They scored 13 points the week before against the Saints. Again, Baker's banged up. There's an extra day here since they play Monday. Maybe that helps Baker out. Um, that's such a that's such a bad draw. I hate I hated that last year. And there's a world we really have to hurry, but just to squeeze this in, where if the Cowboys win and the Rams win, then the Cowboys get the winner of this game with a day's rest advantage and Dallas being at home. Like that's what's so stupid about this. And I argued that same thing last year when it was Dallas yeah. in that spot. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I am emotional hedge betting the Eagles to win because I don't want it to happen because I don't I don't think because it's just pointless because, OK, they win this game and then they're just going to get smoked in the next round. It's just a waste of time. I'm done watching this team. It's not fun. I just want it to be over. So uh, I'm going to take the Eagles and hope they lose. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles. It's not really about benefit of the doubt. I, I worded it that way. Spread, on to be clear, but Eagles. Win. Yeah. Um, 
but like the Bucks are just that bad at this point. And I mean, I I mean the, the collapse is already historic, but I have a hard time seeing it, it going like th- this notch further uh, for the Eagles. But I'll take the Eagles. And they beat um, the Bucks so- earlier this year. Not that it's the same thing, but it's like it's not like out of the realm of possibility they could do this. So I have Dallas hosting Philly in the mm-hmm. division around and Waste San Francisco and San Francisco hosting the Rams. You mm-hmm. have Dallas hosting Detroit and Philly going to San Francisco. Um, okay, great. Let's do songs and get out of here. Cause we have to run to our meeting. Uh, Rachel has gone with hate that I love you by Rihanna and Neo. I'm going to go with uh, text me in the morning by neon trees an underrated. Group. Ooh, I remember yeah. those were, they were really big in like, 2010 like that that time around there. this album came out like 2013 i think so it's a solid so a little bit solid, but they, the, they got that some big solid bops yeah on the radio i can't remember, i can't remember their songs they had the animal um, animal that was like their big one um so but text me in the morning is my song give us a song because we're gonna I'm get going with devotchka that's d-e-v-o-t-c-h-k-a how it ends there's a line in that song that goes you already know how this will end and i think that theme is fitting and somber for this eagle season um okay since we have to go and since you're talking about the end and since you are seth rogan say the words this is the end this is the end (laughs) 